digital product development is imperative for Black people to be a part of. If you can think of it as like a highway, let's say in a city where you got your Black community and then you got your white communities or your high, you know, your your affluent communities, a lot of times highways will make sure that they go over the low income or the black and brown community. So you ain't even got to deal with them. What I experienced was that that was happening in the digital world. They were building highways over us so that our ideas, our mindsets, our goals were not being included in the product development. Hello and welcome back for another episode of Just Black Talking. I am your host, Dr. Justin Black. Our world is increasingly digital and becoming more and more virtual. For a lot of us, we take it for granted. We don't really understand our role and how we interact with the things and the websites and the apps that we deal with. But today we have someone who's going to shed light on this. And as always here with Just Black Talking, we are going to add to that a different perspective as we come at this from a Black angle. So today, Amber Fields, who is a user experience, also known as UX researcher and founder of Black UX Labs, her uh, website, and I think interface is the best way to explain that. But Amber, I'm so grateful to have you here today. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. Uh, Terrific. So please, thank you for being here once again. If you can introduce yourself and then we can start talking a little bit about Black UX Labs and the whole UX realm. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Amber Fields. And like you said, I am a user experience research researcher. It is my job to understand how people interact with different apps and websites so I can go back to the people who make it look pretty for you so that they can fix it up to meet your expectations as a customer. I, as you stated, am the founder of Black UX Labs, which is a community-based platform that I created during the pandemic in order to give black and brown creatives access to higher paying tech jobs. Companies were in high demand to keep their products moving and rolling during the pandemic, especially when everyone said it's a lockdown. There's no more in-person transactions happening. We must do everything online. And so at that moment, companies were like, "Uh oh, we don't have enough people to keep this bad boy rolling. So they start reaching out and looking for communities of user experience professionals. Those are researchers, designers, writers, and strategists who could help them make sure that their products were up to speed, meaning that they actually worked <laughs> and that they met the expectations of their users. And so that's where Black UX came in hand because we were their go-to for all of those types of professionals. So just a little background on UX, on user experience. If I go to a website, okay, it's not necessarily the content, but it's my interaction with the website, how I get along with it, how I feel about it, how easy it is to use. Is that correct? Correct. So it is actually how you navigate. Is it easy to navigate? Are you seeing what you expected to see? Are you able to complete the task at which you came to came to the site to do. So for instance, let's say a shopping website, were you able to actually find the item, buy the item exactly um, as you expected and with ease? And that is, sorry, my son is throwing bottles over here. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) But that is how the user experience world or industry works is we are trying to better 
the experience for clients and customers so that they spend more money. That's really ultimately it. We want to make sure that that website or that app meets your expectations every time you come. So just like today's app that we were using, does it meet your expectation as the user to make sure that this podcast gets the best quality, that it's, you know, it, all the things. There's somebody behind the scenes uh, making sure that it does just that. That's what I'm getting at when I say a lot of us, you know, we take things for granted. You expect uh, you just go somewhere and it works and does what you want. But there are designers behind that that make that happen. And that's where where you are coming in. So let's talk a little bit about your backstory, as we call the black story. So how did you get started in UX? By accident. I was a marketer and advertiser by nature. I came in wanting to make sure that there were more black and brown people on the TV screen. That was my goal coming out of college. I was like, I want to see more of us. And so I found a job that let me do just that. The thing was, when you're in marketing and advertising, most of the commercials that you see from big companies such as uh, Nissan or Infinity, they always test those ads to make sure, again, like user experience, that it meets the expectations of those watching it. Do they understand the content? Do they understand the the storyline? Do they understand what they're selling? And so at that moment in my career, I had my client at the time say, "Um, Amber, can you run a focus group? Somebody's out. We need you to run a focus group with black customers. So I was like, okay, sure. I already understand the content. Let me see if I can ask the right questions to gauge whether or not it is truly making an impact or it and is easy to understand from these clients or from these potential customers. I did it. My client was like, girl, you need to do this for real, for real. And I was like, really? And so, uh, Long story short, I took an opportunity in Los Angeles that allowed me to do more market research to better understand what was working for uh, customers and clients and what wasn't, and then take that information back to my client, who was the big brand at the time, whoever that brand was, and then make sure that they had the insights needed to make updates, implement any changes as needed. Wow. So... That really was a turning point. That was you're, you're already doing your marketing and advertising job, you, you know, which you always saw yourself doing. But again, this kind of happen chance came about and boom, you fall into it and you're just a natural. And I'm just a natural. Yeah, of course. Well, you, let's just take a moment here and talk about you. You are a dynamic woman. You're a mother. OK. And uh, you have a, a beautiful young one there. Okay, we're just fortunate to be able to squeeze a little bit of time out of you because you're constantly getting (laughs) things done. But let's talk about the representation in this community, not so much the marketing and advertising, but in this tech community. What can you tell me about that? So when I left the marketing and advertising world, which has um, it has representation of black people, it could always do better. Of course, every sector can always do better. But when I got into the research sector, whether that was market research or user experience research, we dwindled. We dwindled in numbers. I was always the only black person on the team, in the department, maybe sometimes the only woman, um, maybe sometimes the only millennial. And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm surrounded by old white men. This is not fun. I was 26 years old in L.A., and my job required me to travel pretty much Monday through Thursday. And so I'm somewhere with old white men gathering data and kind of lonely. 
If I'm being honest, I was kind of lonely. I hadn't done my research on who's not in the who's not in the industry, who is, what are the numbers. I didn't. I was 26. I didn't care. All I know is that I felt lonely. I had the things, meaning like I had the money. I lived in. I lived by the beach. I had the car. But I was like, Lord, this is a lonely place to be. You can't. I'm like, where are my friends at? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're my people. We're I, my people. Where are my people? <laughs> <laughs> sound like my grandmother. My grandmother said, Where are my peeps at? I don't see my peeps. Where are my peeps? <laughs> so from a girl from Kentucky, even oh. though there's stereotypes that it's all white people and it's all horses. There's a lot of black folk in Kentucky. So I was not used to being in spaces where it was only white. I mean, I was comfortable to move about, but uh, not long-term, not long-term. And so fast forward, I moved to New York. Another user experience research opportunity presented itself in New York. And I moved out there um, to work with Google and Amazon. I was the only black female. Luckily, I had another black engineer on one of my teams and he and I used to talk all the time and we used to joke about if we met up, there was another black researcher who would come visit every so often. And so if the three of us were standing together, we would joke, be like, uh-uh, we're going to get in trouble. We're gathering. You know, we're not allowed to gather. You're not allowed to gather. You can't. We're not allowed to gather. This is now a group. This is now a, a, technically a group. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's it's not a allowed. Team of probably that about, is not allowed. Yeah, this is probably a team of maybe 30 people and there's two black people. Okay. So I got to a point where I was like, I'm not happy here either. So I ended up moving back to my hometown of Kentucky right before the pandemic and over the years and all the travel that I had done, I had slowly collected names of people that I had the opportunity to meet that were of black and brown descent who understood like, girl, there is a lack of representation here. But again, I wasn't thinking in the sense of like, let me start something. I just was like, let me just meet people who look like me, who are doing the same things as me, which resulted in in 2019 creating the Black UX Labs community. And then by 2020, we created the Black UX Labs community that was now a source of recruitment for other companies. And that's when I started to do the research was in 2019, 2020, when I found out that only 7% of the tech industry is made up of African-Americans. And UX oh, so is you, a subset. So you went into the of, numbers here. Okay. Oh, I went into because now I'm, a, you know, now I'm a researcher now. So I'm like, now I'm invested. I done created this group. Now I need to understand what's going on. Why, like, you know, at first there were only so many, and why has it been so hard for me to find these individuals? Oh, it's because seven percent of us are in tech. Oh, and then of the of the UX subset of tech, there's only three percent of us that are designers. So put it this way, the number is small, and when I dug even deeper, that number hasn't changed in fifty years. So we're talking about 50 years of growth in tech, and we remain about 3% of the tech industry when it comes to the user experience industry. Well, that sounds outrageous when you consider the explosiveness of tech over the last couple of decades and the intrusiveness, okay, and the inclusiveness of tech in each and every one of our lives. So that puts us into something else that I'd like you to speak on, because you started to engage in challenging the norm, challenging this small percentage. Let me recap real quick. So Amber Fields yeah. goes from coast to coast, <laughs> yeah. collecting a little a little black tech book of names. <laughs> Every time you see a little black face, you writing down names. And finally, exactly. when you say, okay, I need I need to shift things, you're back in Kentucky. Now you real quick, give me a give me a primer on how I say properly the city in Kentucky. 
Because up here, we like to say Louisville. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, yeah. it's not Louisville. Yeah. No, it's not Louisville. It's Louisville or Louisville. If you're really from here, you probably say Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> you got to yeah. dro- right, drop your tongue. It. Drop your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> So you make your way back to Louisville and you got your black tech list and we start getting into this. But talk about this other endeavor, because, you know, you've mentioned this about more black feet in the C-suite. Why is this important? Because we're marketing to black folks. But why is it important in the design from a tech standpoint to have a black perspective or, or frankly, more than a black perspective, which is another Another thing, you can't just have one, right? I mean, what if yeah, your black absolutely. perspective is a 30-year-old Snoop Dogg? That's going to be very different than if your only black perspective is a 30-year-old Barack Obama. So we do need feet, multiple feet in that C-suite. But go ahead and talk to me a little bit about that. So w- what I came to realize was that there was an opportunity for us to really make an impact. But because I'm in this industry, I saw that the only way to really make an impact is to hold the budget. When you're the budget holder, you make decisions. You make decisions on hiring. You make decisions on how your team is going to grow and which areas of that department you're going to prioritize. You have the chief stick, in a sense, to say, to advocate for more seats on your team. You have the power to make decisions that impact multiple areas of that department. And so what I was seeing when when the pandemic first hit and it was all these companies like we're throwing money to all the black people. Like it was like they were doing like this, like shake some ass, shake some ass. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. Shake some, <laughs> shake some tech ass. <laughs> shake some tech ass. They were filling the roles of entry level positions. So I said, well, I mean, cool, but entry level, that don't really move anything. Like, that just turns us into more worker bees. That just means there's more of us doing all the grunt work and less of us making the decisions. Being somebody who is now in a leadership role, I said, absolutely not. No, there's more to this. Y'all not going y'all not gonna play us and just bring us in the door. Like y'all mm-hmm. not gonna just fill fill the door with security guards and nothing wrong with security guards. Say, hey, we, mean, we like, address the, not we address the need. Yeah. Yeah, we can do more. We can do more. I challenge that we can do more. And so what I started to do my research on was how many of us were in C-suite positions. Because when you are a user experience professional, Nine times out of 10, you're probably a creative at heart and therefore you, you're innovative. You brainstorm, you, you thrive off of new opportunities and new ideas. But I wasn't seeing many of us there. Now, there were people who were posting where some folk were in companies that like some black people were that were in C, C suites, but none of the companies I've ever worked for and I've worked for some pretty big names had black feet in their C suites. And you worked for some notable names. So it's not like uh, you were just looking in, in under crevices. You're talking about major companies, major corporations that had a complete lack of representation. I'm talking. I worked for Google. I worked for Amazon. I worked for Uber. I worked for Nissan. I worked for Infinity. I worked for a lot of big brands. So when I say y'all not going to play us like we don't see these numbers. (laughs) So especially when you're in UX, because it's your job to understand the data, especially if you're a researcher. So I'm like, okay, I see all of these entry level positions going out, 
but I don't see enough of us actually sitting in leadership positions. And so that was where I decided to challenge the status quo, to disrupt the, the narrative that we only needed to fill entry-level positions because there were quite a few of us, again, in my tech black book that were meeting the needs of, that already had the experience, but just needed the opportunity to get in the door. So people that are qualified and capable, but are just not getting those opportunities. In the effort to get us to the, to the C-suite, I am putting us in positions and more leadership roles. We might not be exactly at the C-suite level yet, but I'm putting us more in leadership opportunities where they are available. Well, let's let's add something else to your resume and your list of descriptors, because you are absolutely an internal advocate in this industry for helping to diversify. OK, and get this representation in there. So, you know, another uh, term that I, I know is uh, important to you and, and your branding is audacity. You had the audacity to challenge the caucasity in those. Oh, come on, somebody. Okay? Yes. Hey, yes. Hey, so, so, so you saw the need, you felt the need, but then you actually got technical research to got numbers and data on that need. Talk to me about the formation of Black UX Labs. Talk to me about that and what it's about and how you put this together and what the mission is. Yeah. So I was watching Amanda Seals, who plays on the show Insecure. Um, she plays Tiffany on Insecure, which is kind of like she happens to be a very prim and proper young lady. Um, but Amanda Seals in real life is like, I'm going to sell it to you straight up. I'm going to put it in your face. And so I'm watching Amanda Seals on HBO and she says the caucasity. For me, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense because we all have been in a moment in a situation where we're like, that white person had the audacity to even take it that far or to go there or to say that to me. We've all been there. like, And you're kind of almost shocked that like, wow, you had no, like you, you felt okay to say that to me. But then I questioned. Yeah, no, there was I no second thought. Yeah. Yeah. There was no second thought. You didn't even like, you didn't even like tremble. You didn't even hesitate. You didn't even hesitate. You know, back in the day, we used to think, oh, they scared of us. Now they ain't scared. They going to say what they're going to say. Mm-mm. Oh, no. So, oh, no. <laughs> so I said, well, why not me? Why not? I have the audacity. If you got the audacity to walk up to me and say some off the wall shit in corporate, I'm not talking yeah, in the streets, I'm talking corporate, I'm talking in the mm-hmm. office, I'm talking the ways in which you let me know how you feel about me. How about I do the same? So what I found was a lot of us, I started collecting data on my people in the community. I started asking them just the simple stuff, like the basic general information about uh, who they were, what they wanted to do, where they were in their careers, what mattered to them, what skill set, what set their soul on fire. Like I was asking those types of questions. I basically got to the point where I said, where, what happens if I told you, you know what, you actually deserve to go for that director role. Now what? I think you'd be a great fit for that director role. I was finding out some of my people were like, but see, I don't have this, 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 this. And I was like, baby, neither does Tanner over here. Neither neither does the person who has it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And neither does the person who has it. And guess what? They still shot their shot. And if anything, what I learned was sponsorship was real. So Black UX not only found partnerships like working with these different companies, but we identified the difference between allyship and sponsorship. Allyship is when you're saying, I see you. I hear you. I get it. I hear the struggle. Sponsorship is when when you say, you know what? I got space right here. 
You available here. Let me pull you from there into here so we can go ahead and get this ball rolling. That's the difference. And once again, it, this money and this budget has a lot to do with that because that's the power. That's the goal and that's the power. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found out that I not only was getting people ready like to work at a different job, but like, you know, getting them professionally developed. I was making sure that they were personally developed. I need you to drop that imposter syndrome like yesterday. I need you to say, I am audacious enough to believe in my wildest dreams. I believe that I have the 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 wherewithal and the brilliance to create and build and develop and you know whatever it is that needs to be done. I was pushing more confidence to my members to make sure like uh you need to be audacious because if Tanner and Connor and Becky and Susan can go out here and grab it, you need to be in that same mindset. You need to take it like Beyonce said, we're not asking, we taking. And so I found power in not only telling my my community members to like apply for the job, but like why not you? Why wouldn't you apply for that job? Absolutely. And that's something that I say frequently, if not me, then who? And I think that your mentorship to these people, let me ask you about that just again, because a lot of times we're afraid when people start talking about leaving the plantation. Okay, we get real scared and we don't want to only save more if they only knew they were slaves. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But tell me about that. Did you run into a lot of that resistance where people were suspicious of you or thought maybe she don't know what she's talking about telling me I can do this? I don't think people were suspicious of me at all. I think, if anything, I was a breath of fresh air for so many people because they were like, I mean, maybe put it this way. If they were, they didn't tell me. When they came Mm -hmm. around to me, they were like, oh, man, I needed like I needed the reminder that I'm not just another person in this space that I I don't have to do all this. Like eventually I've done I've paid my dues, bro. Like it's time to move on. It was like people needed more of just that little nudge to say, no, it's not like if I know you've been thinking it. But how about let let somebody put it in your face to say, go for it. And now I'm not only just telling you to go for it, I'm presenting you with opportunities to go for. So again, that was my, I felt like that was the difference. I'm not just sitting here preaching to you to say, go get it. I'm saying, go get it. And while you're at it, if you're interested, here's some jobs from boom, 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 boom companies who are looking to hire people just like you. I'm the plug, baby. Just tell me that you want it and I got you. I think I saw more audacity among members who were like, I'm not sure, but you know what? Shit, she says she got me, so I'm going to try it out and see what happens. That kind of advocacy, that investment in the community is rare, but it's powerful because you're changing people's lives and you're changing the trajectory of their families when you're helping to have them empower themselves, use their skill set and rise appropriately like everyone else does around us, right? But that we seem to just keep missing out And from what you're pointing out, a lot of that missing out is one, from not knowing of opportunities and then two, not taking the shot, not engaging for it. I don't know if it's always not engaging, but sometimes it's more of how do I engage? I think that might have been some of the the setback there for some of my folk that they wanted to. Again, it was in the back of their mind. Like, I know I, I could do more. There's more opportunities out here. I could probably go for Facebook or Meta. I could probably go for LinkedIn. Like, let me see what happens. But it's knowing that the degree of separation for for some of these people and the leaders that are there is so vast. Like, they don't have any connections whatsoever 
to these folks. So it's like, how do I even start that conversation? Do I cold call? Do I send an email? What do I do? How do I not get stuck in the upload your resume and we'll get in touch with you in six months kind of thing? It was more of like, how do I take? I know I can, but now and now you told me that I can. Okay, so now I really feel like I can. And now you've even given me a job opportunity to go to. And you also given me connections to reach out to. So even if I don't like that particular job, now I have this person's name in my back pocket. So connections were, was, or is a currency that we provide to our members as well. Like you're not only going, I'm not only going to show you a job board. I'm going to show you, I'm going to introduce you to the recruiter, to the hiring manager, to maybe even the VP. And you then have to take it from there and see how you can rock it out. Let's talk a little bit about the site. So at Black UX Labs, if I'm looking to find a UX opportunity, then I would go to findblackux.com. And what I love about the site is it's an interface. And I have that in, in my industry in medicine. We have a few of these sites where if you're looking for a job, you go to that site. Or if you're looking to hire for a job, you go to that site. So you, you're bringing both sides of the equation together. Speak to me a little bit about the, the, the site and the makeup of the site. The site has been something that's been our pet project because I have been a party of one for, for a while and then was able to get some people on the team who were vol- from the community, actually, um, who were like, I, I want to volunteer to help build this out. So it's a it's even more of a for us, by us uh, <laughs> initiative here at Black UX. But we created Find Black UX because to your point, I wanted to make it so that people who were looking for us could easily find us. FindBlackUX.com is where job seekers can sign up to say, hey, I'm looking for a job. What you got? And hiring managers can say, hey, I'm looking to hire. What you got? We have also posted on there some events that we have and merchandise that we sell because during the during lockdown, people were even more connected. And when people were working from home, we started providing work from the work from home kit. That was a candle. That was a hoodie. That was computer stickers, something to make you feel a little less alone. We just provided more of a space for people to connect. But more importantly, for people who were looking for their next role to be able to know where to go and that they had access to do so through the Find Black UX platform. It's a tremendous resource. And quite frankly, some of the gear you have on there is kind of dope. And the Encourage Audacity slogan is you've explained it a bit about what that means. And I think, you know, I'm taking more out of that now. It means even more now that I kind of understand the the mindset behind encouraging that audacity, that self-empowerment. It's really great that what you've done is you've expanded beyond yourself. So many times we get an opportunity and and we crack through and then we just sit there alone (laughs) uh, in our private success. But uh, it's really, you you know, commendable how you've, how you've reached out. How do you feel that you are contributing to shifting the perceptions of blackness through your efforts? Oh, that's a good question. So let me address one thing with encourage audacity. I, experienced, like I said, loneliness in tech, retaliation in in tech. Once they realized like, oh, this girl got him. She's outspoken. I was sassy, abrasive, aggressive, those types of words that many black women in tech are not in tech. Just black women in general. We get it all the time because we're direct. Like culturally, we're direct. We're not passive. We, We don't really do the passive aggressive thing. Not as a whole, like we're direct people, like don't like it, love it, hated it. You know, we're going to tell you after experiencing those things, I had to encourage myself 
to be the woman that I know that I wanted to be and that I could be in this space. So Encourage Audacity is a personal mission, uh, is a personal story for me that when I was in a place of doubt, um, uncertainty, I had to encourage myself through connections, coming back home. I'm sure there were other ways. Probably, oh, and I DJ. So I was DJing. I was finding ways to tap back into my own creativity, giving myself permission to say my perspective and my experiences make me exactly who I'm supposed to be. And if I run with that, I'm unstoppable. When I start trying to have or share the same experiences as Tanner, that's where I mess up. Because now I'm, I'm not being authentic. I'm not being myself. I'm projecting, I'm producing output at work that isn't authentic. And it's probably like unclear what I'm even doing. Like, hey, what's your point of view? Because when you're in UX, your point of view matters. They want to know your opinion, your thought, your thoughts on this particular build. So when you ask me how I, how I plan to change the conversation or the narrative, product development is not slowing down. If anything, it's ramping up and digital product development is imperative for Black people to be a part of. If you can think of it as like a highway, you've got, let's say in a city where you got your Black community and then you got your white communities or your high, you know, your your affluent communities. A lot of times highways will make sure that they go over the low income or the black and brown community. So you ain't even got to deal with them. They done built a highway. So you just go get to where you're trying to go and, and vice versa. What I experienced was that that was happening in the digital world. They were building highways over us so that our ideas, our mindsets, our goals were not being included in the product development. But the issue is now that the community, now that the industry is saying, oh my gosh, y'all, we need y'all. Like everybody's quitting their jobs. We need y'all to keep this product moving without black and brown perspectives. One, you miss out on a, like you miss out on a large majority of consumers and you miss out on the opportunity for inclusivity. So now you've got products that are, have one note. They, oh. they, they, they selling this Susan and that's it. They missing out on revenue. They're missing out on opportunities to build even bigger platforms because they want to talk to Susan and they want to talk to Tanner. But what's happening, our communities are realizing we can't survive off of just talking to Susan and Tanner. We have to open up the doors in order for our products to really thrive the way that we want them to. And so how I'm changing the narrative with Black UX is to say, you need these people's perspectives. You need a Snoop Dogg and a Barack and a Michelle and a Cardi B and a Rihanna because all of those perspectives shape how we use everyday products. Believe it or not, you know, I've shared this before, but I'm like, believe it or not, there are plenty of Cardi B's in this world. There are plenty of Rihanna's in this world. If you're not building for them, if you're not building for the trendsetters, then you're losing out. You're missing an opportunity. So on top of like do the right thing for Black UX, it's also there are revenue opportunities for companies, Black, Brown, whoever owns them, to, to make sure that you maximize your consumer base by bringing inclusive mindsets, inclusive point of views to the table so that gaps can be addressed in the beginning. They don't have to be addressed at the end. Like once the product's already out and you're like, oh shit, I done missed a whole community of people. 
We can talk about accessibility, thinking about people with larger hands who have eyesight issues, who have, are colorblind. If you're not building for them for them in the beginning, it's a lot of money to spend to go back and try to fix all the stuff because you didn't have the right people on your team. You wanted all your people to look like uh, what, ten, what tends to be white and Asian. They're not the only people using your product. So I think we're we're not only making sure that companies are hearing us, like we're beating our chest to say we're here, we're proud of our own experiences, and baby, guess what? My experience gonna help you build the right product. So you better you better get in tune or you're gonna miss out. So I think that's I think that's how we're we plan to really move the mark is to show the impact of the black and brown point of view. How wide is your network now with Black UX Labs? Yeah, so we have about 2,000 members. We're mainly made up of mid to senior level professionals, but we all have people every day who sign up who have just graduated from different boot camps, graduated from college, who are like, hey, we heard that this is the place to be. So we help to groom them or get them in the right, uh, get them connected to the right organizations that can help refine their skills so that the pipeline just keeps growing, that we have people who are ready to take on these these leadership roles so that one day when they're in those seats, they come back and say, I know exactly where to get some people. I know exactly where to consider hiring because that's something we hear a lot too is that, oh, I just don't know. Like, how do, how do I find black people? Where are you guys? And it's so funny to me where I'm like, <laughs> black people ain't got no problem finding other black people. If, if, just like me, when I couldn't, when I was by myself and I had to find, I was like, honey, I was on the hunt. I used to travel to different cities and post stories back, or I guess um, before Instagram stories existed, would post on like Snapchat and stuff and say, hey, I'm headed to Seattle to find the black people. Like that was my joke, but yeah. that was the reality. Part like, of town. Yeah, you know what time. Yeah, get over across town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a funny refrain in a lot of co- companies and corporations that they say we, you know, we'd love to have more diversity, but we just can't find any candidates. And it's like, well, where are you looking? And it goes to show you who's the, who has a seat at the table because we know where to find each other. So that just even goes to show you even more so that there's a lack of representation at the power table, at the power, at the decision making budget holding table, because black folk know how to find black folk. Hispanic folk know how to find other Hispanics. They're not lost. Native Americans know how to find other Native Americans. But because there's no representation at those tables, that narrative gets to continue to, to run. Like, that's a real thing. Like, oh, we just don't know where to find you. You not you don't hire the right people to find the people that you're looking for. So that's yeah, that's, that's a great point in, in perspective. Well, somewhere there's a Tanner out there with his feelings hurt because we done tore Tanner a new ass. Today. We done tore Tanner. <laughs> tore, tan, look, Tanner, Connor, they can all get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's open season today. But this is terrific, Amber. So Black UX Labs is established over 2,000 members at this point across the nation. That's terrific. What are some of the ideas you might have moving forward? What's the future for Black UX Labs or, or are you working on a different type of project? I'm looking forward to the in-person experience that I hope um, will be sooner rather than later. Black UX Labs is uh, nationwide, but also we're global. We've got members in Ghana. We've got members in Nigeria, Amsterdam, Spain, London. Black folk are everywhere and they're looking to connect anywhere. (laughs) So, So I'm hoping that I'm looking forward to providing more in-person experiences, maybe like a retreat where we can all kind of get together 
for people who really want to not only be around other black people who share the same mindset or similar mindset, similar music, you know, a love of music, um, love of fashion, love of hair. You know, we, we, we love a good beard oil, hair oil, like. That's the things we we particularly care about, but also to come together, have a good time, but start being becoming thought starters for different companies that are looking for advisory boards. You're, I'm finding more and more opportunities for Black folks to be board of directors or sit on some sort of advisory board, and I think this group of Black, unorthodox, unconventional, non traditional techies deserves a seat at those tables for sure it's it's definitely a shake-up from the way things have been you can hear uh, people discuss or, or numbers about black consumerism so to be such a vital part of the consumer market obviously we have a perspective and you're helping us to have a say in the design portion from the start as it comes out uh, to end user products and I, I just think it's incredible you're dynamic. You've shared with us about your strength, personal strength, when you were going through times and you had to look inside yourself. And I think a, a lot of other people in a similar circumstance, um, they may have succumbed to that pressure of losing their authenticity and simply doing kind of the status quo in that job and, and presenting it in a different way. So really, I commend you. We're all better for you and for your efforts at Black UX Labs. I love that this is not local, that this is global, and this is an outreach because we are everywhere and we're super talented and we need to embrace that audacity. I love that. I love to, I'm going to have to get myself one of the sweatshirts because it's almost like a mantra and a reminder because I think we all need that reminder in our day-to-day life to embrace our own audacity. So it's brilliant. I think that this network and this endeavor is is brilliant, Amber. And you're just incredible. Thank you. And can I say something for those listening and maybe even considering a shift into this space? Absolutely. So what I have noticed is there are a lot of people who are also transitioning from one industry to another, meaning from one industry to UX. And they're also looking on how to get in. They might have years of experience in whatever whatever other industry they're coming from. And I would say that the same way and same approach that somebody who came from a marketing and advertising background, granted, I stumbled on this space, but what I found it was that I know how to talk to people. I understood my superpower, or at least someone saw my superpower, helped shine a light on it so that I then could learn like, oh, that's one of my superpowers. And so I would say for those listening, whether you're in UX or any other industry, is to hone in on your superpowers. It's easy to be audacious when you know exactly what you bring to the table. When you're trying to question yourself or again, trying to align with things and people and cultures that don't even, that you don't know nothing about, you won't ever really find, you won't really find peace in standing in your superpower because you're not really true to what that is. And when I decided to stand in that, stand in my superpower of like, I I make people feel comfortable enough to come be a part of my group, to come talk to me, come listen to me. I realized that that was my superpower. And so I hope that for those listening, the takeaway here, whether you want to be in tech or not, is to be as authentic as possible. And that is to identify your superpower and stand on that and build upon it. 
You can take over the world once you're honest with yourself about what you're good at and areas that you're not that great at. I agree with what you're saying. I think that's powerful. I think uh, something else, and and we may have discussed this uh, earlier, it's important for us to not be apologizing for who we are in the spaces that we go in. And that includes at corporate America. We don't need to apologize for our blackness, for our ideas, our creativity, because we do have value that we're bringing to the table with our perspective, with our experience and with our talent. So Amber Fields, I think that's terrific. I thank you so much for sharing your time with us because obviously you're squeezing us in and I'm so grateful, but the message is powerful. Your story is powerful. It's just wonderful. I want uh, people to know they can go to findblackux.com and have a look, be audacious, (laughs) have that audacity to challenge the caucasity. Yes, Lord. Yes. And feel the power. So uh, thank you, Amber, tremendously for your time today. I think this is a tremendous discussion. Thank you so much, Dr. Black. I really appreciate being here on Just Talking Black. I feel like I was able to be my authentic, audacious self on your podcast. And so I appreciate the opportunity. And for those who are looking, yes, please feel free to, you know, find us on findblackux.com. But if you're just kind of looking to see, like, is this something I want to be a part of? Follow us on Instagram at blackuxlabs. You'll start to figure out and find out what we're all about in more detail and more depth. And uh, if you'd like to then sign up to um, create a profile to start looking for jobs, you can do that. But if you just kind of want to see where we're about first, feel free to follow us on IG. Absolutely. So as real as it gets, Amber Fields, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. I hope that you enjoyed our discussion with Amber Fields, founder of Black UX Labs. She is a UX user experience researcher, founder, and innovator. Uh, She shared with us her story of her own personal journey and really uh, being a mentor to others in this tech industry. It's been remarkable hearing about this story, and I'm encouraged and excited to see how our future changes as a result of this diversification in the UX industry. If you feel like I do, you really appreciate it, Amber. She's, She's so authentic. She's so real, but she's kind and caring and nurturing. Obviously, she's a young mom of a little one, uh, which, you know, she was able to share her time with us today. And look, you get in where you get in and you fit in where you fit in. But professionally, she's a nurturer. And there's been hundreds or thousands of people who have benefited directly from her taking her her caring arm and guiding people along professionally. That's not something we hear about every day. And that's definitely impactful for individuals and their families and ultimately our communities. Getting more black feet in the C-suite. That's the goal. Today, we heard from someone who is actively impacting that. So I encourage you all to check out uh, Instagram at Black UX Labs. Check out the findblackux.com and also get you some of that uh, Embrace Audacity swag. It's kind of dope. All right. So that's it, guys. As always, if you know another dynamic person that we should speak to here on Just Black Talking, please reach out. Let us know. It's getting better and better. Thank you all for following and listening. Thank you to those of you who were giving us a hard time for a little bit of that time off we took. But look, we're back live and direct and and bringing it to you with great guests like we had today of Amber Fields. That's it. We'll get with you in a couple of weeks. This is Dr. Justin Black, Just Black Talking. Just Black Talking.